Red Button Rants, Penod Dig, the Grangetown Gardening Guru is back. Less of me, more of him. Over to you, sir. What would you like me to talk about this time, then? Uh, whatever comes to your mind. I tell you what, what about um, things I've seen in the Mediterranean and things like that? Yes, you're a well-travelled gentleman. Let's have it. <laughs> well, I couldn't call me well jolly. I haven't spent a lot of money, but what I've done is... Uh, in the spring or the autumn, when it starts to go um, colder here, or it just starts to get a bit warmer here, that's when I go abroad. Or I have, you know, I haven't been abroad for six years now because it just hasn't worked out that way. But, um, yeah, I've been from Cyprus to um, virtually all of um, the bottom part of Spain and France and uh, a bit of Italy both north and south, and I've been to the Balearic Islands. Um, and then once I went across on the, one of these trips from uh, La Linea, or north, uh, the next place up, Algathiris, is it? Uh, over to um, North Africa for a day and wandered about there. <laughs> they wanted all of us to uh, buy different things there and they were talking about the price of it. And um, I was on one side of this thing while we were having this little bit of a lecture from somebody. And uh, there was a French lady on the opposite side and she and I both looked up when we heard the price and thought, bloody hell, you can buy it six times as cheap as that at home. <laughs> but, you know, they got to do their best, haven't they? We went... Um, well, in the North Africa, they were um, throwing the rubbish into the sea then. And as I said, I haven't been to France or, or Italy. Uh, well, seven years now, I was last in Italy. So that that's the kind of thing. Why were they throwing the rubbish into the sea? Well, they, they just could get rid of it that way without doing anything. You know, they had plastic, papers, a lot. And that was going in the Atlantic. So, you know, it's nothing new. No, no. See, the thing is... If you were a primitive man, I don't mean primitive in the sense that you didn't have any brains, mm. but but you'd um, you'd eat your apple and you throw the, the stump away unless you could find something that wanted it. Mm. And um, so it's perfectly natural to eat the bit that you want and throw the rest away. But once we get to the stage that we're in a city or in a big town, well, we can't do that because it's, it's just nowhere is going to rot and nothing's going to eat it. Mm. You know, and... Of course, we've got containers now made of all these other things. Whilst if, I suppose, if they were made out of cardboard only, they would rot down ultimately. Hmm. Do we know where the food waste goes when it's collected by the council? Well, I, I suppose it's, it says that uh, it, one lot's rotted down. And um, there was a bit of a, um, a thing when they first did it, and uh, the people who were in the council were getting it when it was well rotted and so forth and doing their gardens with it. Right. Because in the old days, before it's only relatively recently, isn't it, that they brought the food waste in mm. as a separate yes. form of disposal. But in the old days, you remember the seagulls on the tip yeah. at Ferry Road and yeah. Lambie Way. Yeah. And that's because the food waste... Yes, was, was still edible to them. Yes. Of course, the thing is, they are scavengers, and um, I mean, years ago, I mean, I'm t before my time, but uh, there used to be um, pigs and so forth on the streets in London, 
there was lots of things scavenging, you know. Mm. So it's not an uncommon thing. So it was a an organic ecosystem, yeah, in a way. essentially, yes. Yeah. The the cost, that's an interesting thing, you know, uh, this polio lark. Right. Uh, you remember um, that American uh, sat vaccine, wasn't it, that uh, uh, got it to, to be the answer for mm. it. Mm. Well, apparently, in London, um, the water was so polluted that the kids got it when they were so young that they, they fought against it and they didn't know they had it. Mm. And ah, that, well, so yeah. they, they never had it in the sense that it crippled them up. No. They were immune to it by a certain period. Right. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Well, the power of the mind. So if they had known that they'd been infected, well, they, they might have weakened them. Well, no, well, no it wasn't that. The... Um, this fellow found that there was some some uh, thing wrong with the water there, and it was affecting a certain district of it. And then he worked it out that it was the water in some of the pipes that everybody was picking up was polluted, yeah. and that's why we started to have uh, stuff stuck in our water to kill anything that's in there. Right. Yeah. When I was brought up in Ely, and we were still using the water from Ely wells, and it wasn't limed or anything it was natural mm. um well at uh, one stage of the game um we had little tiny fishes in in our water and um so the the gist of that was that they decided that they'd have to kill it so we had this advers uh, going around school you know to every class yeah. uh, and telling us that um, what was going to happen and then the next day all of all the water went white where they'd put something in it right and uh, the fish stopped they just died out mm. after that we never see them again so that could have been the onset of is that what they call chlorination chlorination yeah and what about fluorination well that's a, a different chemical i don't understand that fluoride probably. Yes, yeah yeah well fluoride. obviously yeah but i don't know i wasn't brought up to no. know all those sort of technical no, no. things no, no. so i don't know but uh, chloride, I think, was the original one in our area. Mm. Uh, but uh, I suppose they found the other one was more effective or yes. more likely it was cheaper, mm. you know? But it's um, scientific um, kind of investigation that would have allowed them to say fluoride and chlorine is safe on human beings. Well... It's safer than having little fish running around. <laughs> Well, I, we, I suppose it's possibly that, but of course it may be that um, they thought that if the, this water wasn't made safe, mm. it would be their fault if you got some disease mm. which would be transmitted through the yeah. water supply. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's, so that's the point of it, I think. So they had to take some kind of preventative measure. That's and, it. And this, in terms of this pod, podcast, because we got a little bit controversial yesterday and we started talking about the BBC yeah. and Nigel Farage and I think we should be controversial in today's as well starting with the gardening starting with the waste but we're talking science you are a scientist I'm I not. am not you're, uh, a, you're not. a self-taught no. scientist uh, yeah but what it comes to is most of the people I know uh, are more educated in the formal sense than I am and I have an inquiry in mind so I say, well, why, if, and, and, and how, and what, and they 
explained to me and I asked more questions until I, I got the general idea. Mm. And all I'm concerned about is having the substance of the idea in my head mm. so that I work from that. Well, you could say that this time last year, or actually earlier, we're talking now, there's quite a controversial topic, government science. Oh, it's not Ma a science, it's, it's, a, it's a hegemony, right. hegemony or whatever you call it. So They've been there forever. It's a bit of a setup, in other well, words. Well, it, it is. The thing is, the descendants of some of them were the people who... Uh, went to China when the uh, thing was falling to bits uh, and uh, the Japs were going in one end and they went in the other and they were arguing with the Russians, you know, it, that kind of thing. And, uh, Empire they, builders. Yes, and they, they think, or they thought then, and they're now they're, they're denying it, but, the, you know, anybody other than us are inferior. Mm. I got bigger nudges than the others, mm. is what they've really been saying. <laughs> Well, I'll have to find a way to uh, interpret that to the listeners. Big, big nudges. Yeah, the British Empire has got big nudges. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. well, they think that. I mean, we we got a big thing at the moment about different people's colour and all that kind of caper. As I always say, we're all mongrels. I wouldn't be at all surprised that I got a somebody came down from the China thing. Uh, the, the the pathway from China to, to Europe, uh, which loads of things came down, mm. including apparently apples. Mm. There's a forest somewhere up on that uh, route, uh, which has got apples and the, the um, horses that were being used then um, come down and they had to stop and eat and stop and eat and, yeah. and they were shiting all the way down yeah. and then dropping apple seeds. Good God. Well, that's the story I heard. Nadja's shite in an apple seeds. <laughs> that could be the title of this podcast, couldn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I, I, I mean, I try to not say nasty things. No, but, but you're, the, you're thinking outside the box again, and you yeah. must stop this habit of yours. Of, uh, well, I, I don't think you can stop it. Well, I think I'm born with a... Um, I think when it comes to I had excellent parents. One of them was a Conservative, the other one was a Labour, and... The, the, my mother was the uh, Labour and they used to cancel each other out every time they went for both. They both voted. So they cancelled each other forever. And they'd argue like it wouldn't matter, not about politics as such, but my mother wouldn't sit down. She wasn't like uh, a doll that was told what to do, that's for sure. Could you explain her, what was her Labour politics? Was that because she was... Born and brought up in Aberavon? Yes, I think so. A strong uh, Labour area? Well, the thing was, there was... Um, I, I got a song which uh, she used to uh, sing. Um, I think I can get started now. Well, I hope um, this uh, microphone's strong enough. If I had a lump of lead, I would hit him on his head. Then he wouldn't be by us anymore. Vote, vote, vote for Ramsey MacDonald. Put old Pius on the wall. If I had a lump of lead, I would hit him on his head, and he wouldn't be biased anymore. There you are. My goodness. <laughs> and that's come back. That's, that's over a century old. 
Well, Ramsey MacDonald. Yeah, well, there anyway. 1921, that way. Well, 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 well my mother uh, was 84 when she died. Um, I'm 83, so it's a long time ago. Yeah, but you remember it as if it was yesterday. Well, I remember it from when I was in bed. Yeah. She, she used to sing it yeah. to your father, probably. <laughs> no, she didn't do it to Dad. <laughs> but what's funny from that point of view was, because Dad knew all the people in the Conservative Party, they used to pick her up to take her to vote. <laughs> really? They didn't know she wasn't the one going. <laughs> oh, subterfuge. Oh, very funny, isn't it? A spy in the ranks. So that's what that, that uh, you know, that's that part of it. But I mean, the Conservatives <laughs> in days of yore were a very different beast. Oh, they're nothing like this lot now, that's for sure. Well, that links to the government scientists, because what I was about to say was, you know, we've got this Health Secretary, Matt Hancock. Okay. He was on the rack yesterday, oh, yeah. and he claimed that he couldn't go against the science. People had said to him, shut down earlier, shut the country down earlier, yeah. it would have saved many lives. Well, it would have. And, but he said, no, we couldn't go against the science. But what science is this? Government science, establishment science. No, well, this is a problem that we don't know the answer to. I mean, you know, you remember Ramsey MacDonald, that's fine, uh, but now there's the, the fellow Farage. Mm. I mean, how often did you hear them saying, uh, and our representative at a thing on the, on the continent, uh, we'll have a listen to her, not a single time. Mm. All I heard uh, was... Always him. Mr. Uh, Farage. Yeah. So I don't know. It seems to me that there is a, a oh, and then now we've got this little um, business with um, the, the gentleman coming over from America, and he's talking to Boris. And Uncle Boris, Joe. Uncle Joe. Uh, yeah, Uncle yeah. Joe, and uh, fine, but um, Mr. Boris uh, Johnson was uh, um, well, partly anyway. Um, American, and he had to give it up so that he could be mayor of London, you know. Yeah. So they both talk the same lingo, even if it's the other side of each other's ideas, mm. you know. So I don't know if that's going to help us much at all. Well, yeah, we could get stuck in a kind of limbo, couldn't we? Where yeah, yeah. one, I think Johnson is too scared to upset uh, Uncle Joe because Uncle Joe has said from the outset. I'm Irish. Yeah. So this thing with uh, funny-shaped sausages in Northern Ireland at the moment, uh -huh. there's some problem with import and export of cold meats and sausages. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Because Mr Johnson hadn't written that on the side of a bus, had he? No. When he consulted with uh, Mr Nigel Farage. No. So we're all seeing these cracks appear now, aren't we? Well, we knew there was, there was going to be something. I mean... The lady who was doing the negotiating, she, she looked like a doll. And she never spoke up, to, to me anyway, uh, in a way that ordinary people could understand. She was, uh, I'm sure, from a point of view of an office type, uh, she ticked all the boxes that he was told her to do. Mm. But that's not the same thing as looking for the best solution, because mm. she wasn't... Well, what you see of it, anyway, you can you, you you don't know all of it. You no, you, no, no. you never get no, a, a proper no. show of it. But it doesn't look as though she's been held to account. No, well, she hasn't, has she? She's been no. 
like Hancock, there, there are so many accusations flying about. We've got another one, <coughs> Michael Gove. Mm. It turns out that uh, he did a deal. Mm. Uh, a lot of government money went to friends of his. So we have people in high power All and none of them are being held to account. But if that was done on a micro level mm. and we went into Tesco's across the road and put a, a Cadbury's flake in our pocket, yeah. the security guard would be taking us down the cop shop before you turn Well, home. possibly. Um, yes, I see your, what you're saying. There is a, a, an element of that which is beyond what we really want. Mm. Um, but to think that... But wait a sec, there's sorry. one other thing I, I come across there, and that was, if the man was, uh, you know, it's very urgent, I've got to get it done this week, mm. he might have said, I know Fred, he'll do it. And, and any Conservative at the lower level, uh, 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 I've got to have those because my missus is coming and uh, her friends and daddy, daddy, da. Um, can you get it for me, John? Mm would be that kind of thing he'd do. Mm. So it's not unreasonable. The man might be right that, that it was the best thing that could have been done at the time. I don't know. I'm not sticking up for the man, but I'm just saying yeah. that no, it no, can that, happen anyway. Well, that's the defence <clears throat> that the actual Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Boris Johnson, mm -hmm. has been using when he, they said um, that... I mean, he was using these gaffes, wasn't he? He said that uh, they won't have another lockdown... Uh, I'd rather have bodies piled high. Oh, yeah, well, um, that's, that's him, isn't it? Um, but when they attacked him on it, he said, well, look, if you were in my position, you would have done the same. We were dealing with a pandemic. We had to do these things in a hurry. But, I mean, they can use these defences now in hindsight, mm. and people are disarmed by it. Oh, yes, well, I suppose. Yeah. No, but in the cold logic, if you have lost a family member yeah, you to COVID so lockdown, yeah. when they didn't close the airports, when they didn't listen to SAGE and the independent scientists, no. or is SAGE the government scientists? I don't know. I get confused. You're not alone. No. Well, well, I think that's part of the game. Because we're being spoon-fed yeah, by you know, the, the Murdoch media, aren't we? Well, that's the other thing. We got. I understand. I'm not. I've never been able to verify it. But the, there's five millionaires, and they own all the major um, newspapers. Mm. Change the M to a B, and you've got it. Five billionaires. Five billionaires. Oh, well, that's it. Yeah. But but um, you see, so they shouldn't have an independent British Broadcasting Corporation quoting them. Unless it, they've all agreed in one thing, and then they say it's it. They but we watched. Well, it was Maggie Thatcher, of course. But I mean, I never was interested in um, politics as such. But um, when they stopped the Welsh um, Echo, and it went to Murdoch, mm. and then uh, they went to London. Well, we haven't got a local mm. anymore. A newspaper. Well, it was Trinity Mirror, was it? It was <coughs> the Western Mail. Mm. Used to be a huge thing, but I mean, it never, never denied the fact that it was a conservative newspaper. No, no, but it was a Welsh conservative but, newspaper. Yes. But Trinity Mirror turned it into a small piddling thing. And all its adverts now, and oh, nothing exactly, else. Yeah. And um, when I was in Brecon, um, we had a one from Swansea, uh, one from uh, Newport and one from Cardiff coming to Brecon. Mm. 
So we had three newspapers with the local knowledge in those three areas yeah, yeah. To, to, to look at. Mm. So poor old Brecon was being influenced by three major metropolitan yeah. centres. Yeah. And uh, I wonder how the, the good burgers of Brecon dealt with that. Well, I don't know. I don't think there was a local one. Yeah. Well, they could have had one. Nobody mm. stopped them. But interesting geographically, isn't it? Because yeah, you spent three years in Brecon yeah. as part of your training yeah. to be the Grangetown gardening guru. <laughs> we can't say too much because <laughs> some things have to be kept secret. Yeah, yeah. Because for all the listeners know, you might be part of the Welsh Secret Service. Oh, yes, of course. You did your training. Yeah, yes, You yes. know, like the military go up in a van. Yes. So you were, anyway, it's good enough for them to know that you did three years training in Brecon. Yes. But Brecon well, is its very own ecosystem, isn't it? Well, Brecon it is. Brecon and Radnor? Well, when I was up there, the farm lads were very kind to me. I didn't have a car and they run me around all over the place. And um, when they went on dancing on a Friday night and the Saturday, I came back home because I'd have to work Saturday there. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was good. I learned to play snooker up there. Yeah. Uh, the church had a, a hall um, just off the main road mm. on the left-hand side there. And um, it had a downstairs and an upstairs, and it had two uh, full-size um, snooker tables, mm. a place you could get a cup of tea and, and pay for your game, mm. and uh, a place to hang your thing on the wall. Yeah, it was... But and upstairs, um, there was a room that I seem to remember that had a television as well. Now, you and I like to uh, take a word and we look like to look at the Welsh and the English. Yeah. So, can you explain to me why Brecon is Aberhonddu? Yes. Well, there's three rivers there. there. Is there a river called the Honddu? Yes. Is there? Yeah. Honddu, the Terralth, and, and the other one... The Tarath comes down from Penavan. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one. And it goes up, down the back and comes out at um, almost opposite the golf course. Well, you know where the roundabout is at the bottom? Yeah. And, and there's a big bypass now, mm. isn't it? Mm. Well, you went through Sunvice mm. and then over the bridge. Uh, and that bridge there was um, the main diosk, right. uh, uh, isn't it? Right. And then... Uh, to the left, the Hansi came down the slope from um, the Struet. Right. The Struet? Yeah. The Hansi, if you broke that word down into two, this the black one, Hansi. Well, so well, the mouth of the river, this black one. Yeah. But it, the Hansi as a river doesn't get any kind of recognition in Wales, does it? No. Because well, we're, we're all obsessed with the Severn and the Wye and the Raydoll. Well, the... it's not a big river. Um, but it's, a town is named after it in Welsh. Yes, but, the, but we just call it Brecon. Where does the Brecon <laughs> come from? Brecon, Brecon in I, Scotland. I, I, I think it's probably a beacon. Is it? I don't know. Well, let's hope we get some listeners from Brecon <laughs> tuning into this podcast. Yeah. We've got five minutes to go, mystery um, guest. Oh, I'm a guest now, am I? So, fair enough, fair Yeah, have a look now if you've got anything. Well, um, islands in the Mediterranean, I, I got that bit down, didn't I? Um, Mallorca, we went as a family. Um, 
I saw some uh, tomatoes uh, hanging on the wall on them and uh, the fellow who owned the place was in the garden and I said, uh, I haven't seen them hanging up like that. He said, oh, I stood right by them. He said, uh, early in the year, I put them uh, in the ground, he said, water them in and then I forget them, he said, because 10 foot down is water, he said. So I didn't realise that tomatoes could go that far down for water. But uh, anyway, they were quite nice looking uh, and they were going red. And so I... I um, Is that I think, what you do with your tomatoes now? <laughs> well, I mean, we, we're fortunate in the sense that I've got this lean too. And so I can put them in there if ever. But um, I don't know, is the short answer. Mm. Uh, I haven't got a big enough garden to do anything serious with it anymore. Mm. Well, tomatoes does seem to be quite a passion for some people. But I've tried growing them. I find them a bit frustrating. Tomatoes are not for the faint-hearted. You need patience. Well, you need to know your money spinner, whatever they're called, from well, your. I other... don't do it that way. Go on then. Well, I had a friend uh, came from Canada, and when I had my allotment, I said, "Oh hell!" I said, "I haven't got any bloody tomato plant uh, seeds." He said, "Well, just." Break open any uh, tomato, as long as you like the look of it. He said, oh, you taste it. He said, my, my father out in there, he says, used to plant a big field with them. He said, and that's how we used to grow them. Oh, he said. Now, I remember my father saying, if you've got small seed, you want to lose them. I said, what do you mean you lose them? He said, well, he said, if you mix them with sand... And you, and you rub them up and so forth, so you can't see any. Mm. All you've got is sand. He said, and then if you make a groove, you can sow the sand and they'll be fairly evenly distributed along it. It's called how much sand you put to it, mm. uh, how far apart they'll end up being. Mm. And another thing come to that, and I was thinking about it, uh, in our street when I was up in Ely, there was a fellow who used to sell tomato plants and he had a piece of corrugated, um, not iron, um, what do you call it? It's, it's fireproof, what's that called? Um, asbestos. Oh gosh. Yeah, an asbestos, uh, uh, corrugated asbestos so on, a be- on a bench. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, he used to put... Um, one end of it a little bit higher than the other, say an inch, uh, this thing on a bench, you see? Mm. And then he put um, peat in, or something of that looks like peat, anyway, all the way down it, so there was just all the ridges were sticking up, but all the other bits were full. And then he'd um, run hot water down it, let it uh, stop steaming, and then he'd sow the sand and seeds on top and they come up like that. And I saw some, um, well, I had the allotment, uh, um, there was a Maltese block there, on the one next to me on the one side. And uh, he used to do the same sort of thing. He used to bring up a, a vacuum flask full of boiling water uh, for sowing his seeds. Well, yeah. Grangetown... Gardening guru, <laughs> on that note, you have left me agog and nonplussed. The listeners 
will be tuning in to the next podcast. Right. Diolch and